Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks from Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know, I had a little bit of a health issue lately and I lost a lot of weight, almost like 60 pounds. Now, some of that was on purpose. Some of that was from the hospital stay, uh, but I had to get some new clothes. And so guess where I'm going? That's right. I'm going to Leon Tailoring because Larry, Norm, Kim and Judy have taken my measurements for years and the measurements have dropped a little bit. And so they'll take care of me just like they'll take care of you. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. Don't tell me you lost weight. They'll be able to tell if you have or not. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, our friends at AES are asking for rate increases while we got some energy needs, uh, particularly here in Marion County, where energy was out for quite a while through the month of June. And then that, and what about the state's uh, energy consumer needs overall? So to join us on the newsline to talk about this is our old friend, uh, political commentator and consumer advocate, Lindsay Hake. Lindsay, as always, thank you for joining us. Always good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Abdul. I'm glad to be here. Um, so let's go ahead and start from, I need you to put on your, your, your consumer advocate hat here for just a quick second here. What do you think is going on with AES? You know, we've seen decades of mismanagement by AES, but more importantly, it's a state franchise monopoly, right? It's just like Duke Energy, just like other utilities out there that are investor-owned. You've got five of them in this state. So I will give the regulators some credit. They've got a lot to manage. But when you've got a state franchise monopoly, it's critical for state officials to provide oversight and governance to protect consumers. And that's literally why consumer groups asked for an investigation into the AES outages, see what happened, why did restoration take so long, why does reliability seem to be a problem for AES Indiana? We're, we're interested in finding out the, the answers to that, and that's why consumer groups asked for the investigation. And it's interesting, too, because, uh, like I said, I've known the folks at AES for a while, uh, know the folks at Duke Energy, uh, NIPSCO, know a lot of folks in the energy industry. What, what, is going on, what is going on with our capacity? Not, ne- not necessarily to, ge- to, generate en- to generate energy, because I think we can do that, but the problem is it seems uh, apparently lately in Indiana keeping the damn lights on. Yeah, so our concerns right this moment happen to be with the reliability concerns from a purely on-the-ground local standpoint when it comes to AES Indiana and to an extent Duke Energy Indiana as well. You had a, a number of outages that were unplanned that were due to weather and some that were not due to weather. Some folks have been complaining to their state legislators about outages that have occurred without a weather event, just an unplanned outage for three days. They lost all the food in their fridges. They lost a lot of medication that was worth thousands of dollars. So, you know, these types of outages that are are affecting folks are affecting the worst off first. Those who are medically fragile, those who are low income, those who have health concerns, this is something that affects all of us, but it does affect those of us who have health conditions even more so first. And it's also interesting, too, uh, like we said, uh, no, it's about keeping the energy on. And it's not so much the storm damages. We can see that when the storm hits, it may take a little while to get energy back. But I thought it was interesting we said the place where, there, where, there were so, where the weather wasn't responsible for the outage. Right. So I think the concern comes from a larger uh, global concern. Obviously, we've noted how weather patterns have changed. Climate is now officially off of the naughty bad word list. And climate is a thing. Climate change has impacted a lot of our uh, daily lives, whether we realize it or not. It's not just bad uh, air quality from 
uh, wildfires traveling down to Indiana through, you know, natural passes, the jet stream. But it's also because we have a lot of ozone, ground layer ozone in Indianapolis specifically, due to the fact that we're still generating power from natural gas, fossil fuels. A lot of that is impacting us in ways that uh, we didn't really um, have a way or, excuse me, didn't have a grasp a way to grasp until recently when when the word climate has suddenly come off of the the naughty list and can now be discussed openly um, with you know with your state leaders and it's also I want to make make it a point clear it's not just AES is asking for a rate increase uh, it's also I want to say Indiana America Indiana American Water is asking for us almost 70 million dollar uh, rate increase as well if maybe, if yeah, I'm, there, there, there's going to be a lot of uh, conversation about this. We will be faced, Hoosiers, that is, we will be faced with a rate increase from almost all of our investor-owned utilities in the coming months. So it's going to be a real big conversation. And if folks want to contact their officials to let them know their opinions on a rate case, I highly suggest they do so. You can call the state at 888 441 2494. That's a direct number to the utility consumer counselor to voice your opinion on either the AES rate increase or any other rate increase for an investor-owned utility. Our guest on the program today is our good friend, Lindsay Hake, political commentator and, and a consumer advocate in, in the world of energy. So we're kind of talking about uh, sort of AES's issues in specific, but sort of the Indiana's general uh, energy issues altogether. Uh, Lindsay, let me ask you, how would you, how is Indiana, Indiana doing when it comes to uh, energy overall? I think we've got an affordability crisis, sadly, when it comes to utility bills. If you ask any Joe Hoosier how their utility bills are looking, it's not good. And when you've got folks who are being asked to, when you've got consumers being asked to foot another rate increase, especially in AES Indiana territory, where you've had not only a giant rate increase announced, but then you had days and in some cases over a week worth of an unplanned powder outage, you've got a serious uh, PR problem. So I'm cu- I'm curious as well to see um, also concerning the fact that obviously AES Indiana has run its course of leaders in the past 10 years. We've gone through, I think, five or six of them, maybe seven. And so when you've got a, a, a utility like AES asking to raise their annual operating revenues by $134 million, dollars and a significant increase to their profit margin my goodness i mean you've got some serious questions that need to be asked and we'll see that come hopefully in a series of public hearings not just one public hearing but hopefully three or four so folks can really vent their concerns and also the iurc the utility regulatory commission can hear from consumers directly about how they were impacted and whether aes indiana deserves this rate increase. Uh, Lindsay, let me ask you, uh, whenever utility, and we're not just talking about AES, but uh, Indiana American Water or any utility uh, goes before the rate commission, goes before the goes before the utility commission and asks for a rate increase, uh, how successful, unsuccessful in the past have they been? Or has the utility commission like, okay, we see you say you need $170 million, but we only think you need uh, no, half of that. Uh, how, 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 how have rate increases fared in front of the utility commission these days? It really depends uh, what utility you're talking about and who you ask. 
I'm sure that uh, consumer advocates will say that the utilities have gotten mostly what they've asked for, and I would agree with that. The utilities will probably say they don't have everything they've asked for and will use that as defense almost for in their reasoning for another rate increase. But it's also important to remember that when folks ask to raise your your monthly charges on your bill, especially a fixed charge, that is an amount you pay regardless of how much of your utility service you're using. So no matter how much water you're using, no matter how much electricity or how much gas or how much, whatever, how much you're you're using, that fixed charge, when you are asked to increase by your utility as the the monthly fixed charge, that's going to impact customers in a way that's really negligible. And it's also going to hurt the low-income consumers first. Oh, Lindsay, we got just a couple minutes left. We're going to close up shop here. Uh, overall, uh, how is Indiana doing when it comes to alternative sources of energy? We're talking about wind, talking solar. Uh, how's, uh, how's the state doing? You know, they're really doing great. I'll be honest with you. I've worked in this arena for about 15 years now, and it's just a game-changing landscape now. You've got clean energy powering Indiana in a way that it just hasn't done before. However, I will also tell you there's great strides that we have yet to make in terms of welcoming clean energy to the landscape. You've got a lot of counties here in Indiana that have said no to cleaner, cheaper sources of energy that will lower lower our bills for all consumers, and that's unfortunate. So when you have communities who are saying no to clean energy, uh, that's a real big, um, and I know that's been a priority for not only the second floor with the governor's office, but also the third floor with some legislators at the state house looking to improve opportunities to bring clean energy and their siting standards here in Indiana locally. And I know that's been a priority for folks. And it's unfortunate that it's still becoming a problem with bringing new development here and new money here. We're saying no to development in Indiana. That is actually happening. So it's kind of disappointing to me. But it is a really different landscape than 10 years ago. You've got an enormous amount of power coming on the line, on, online from, from clean energy. And you've got already utilities like NIPSCO announcing that they are committed to retiring coal by you know 2028. So it's really fantastic to see. And I'm here for it. All right. Well, our guest on the program has been our good friend, Lindsay Hake, a political commentator and consumer advocate, uh, particularly in the areas of energy. So, Lindsay, my dear, as always, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for having me, Abdul. Great to hear from you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.